This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to The Joseph Carlson Show. On this episode, Apple is working on a hardware subscription service for iPhones. This might seem like just a blip in the news. It came and went in a day. But I think this is a much bigger deal. I think this is a substantial key part of Apple's overall master plan. And I'm going to explain their master plan in this episode. We also have news that Apple's not going to be charging their fees for video and music apps. So users can come in and sign up through Apple without paying their tax, the Apple App Store tax. And I'll explain why this is a good move for Apple. As a shareholder, This is the exact type of move I like to see. Meta, on the other hand, right now is having a difficult time retaining top talent. This is a story that I've been hearing over and over again for the past month. Meta is losing a lot of their top talent to competitors, and we're going to dive in and try to explain why. And then we also finally have some positive economic news. People are going back to work at a very brisk pace. I'll show you how quick people are going back to work in this episode. And then, of course, we have my portfolio. There's no major changes to it other than the fact that I sold a little bit of my core. I sold a little SCHG and a little SCHD to buy more dominoes. That is around 6% of my portfolio. So it is a substantial buy, but it's not like I'm going all in on this company. I do think the company's attractively valued, and although I can't predict short-term moves in the market, I think that Domino's has a very bright future. If you want more information on this trade and this company, you can refer to my previous video. Now let's go ahead and jump right in. There is some news about a week ago that just popped up for about a day, and then it quickly faded away into the background. And the news was that Apple is working on a hardware subscription service for iPhones. That's the headline. Now, most people that read this might shrug their shoulders and think, okay, another subscription service, right? I've heard this before. But I think this is much bigger news for Apple than people are giving it credit for, especially investors in Apple. This is incredibly important news. Let's back up here for a minute. First of all, you know that I'm a big fan of subscription services. I've made a number of videos on the subjects. Now, of course, we have Netflix. Netflix almost invented the model. They actually turned the entire TV industry upside down and the cable industry upside down with their direct-to-consumer subscription model. It's much more consumer-friendly. You can look at Costco. Costco's a warehouse that provides so much value that people pay a subscription in order to shop there. They're paying Costco money just to get into the store before they can start buying things. That's the amount of value that company offers. But the big part of their business model is the yearly subscription with the low churn rate. Then we can look at Amazon. Amazon is almost like the sped up version of Costco brought online. And it likewise turned the online retail industry upside down with its Amazon Prime subscription model, offering two-day shipping to Prime members. 
Amazon gains billions of dollars in pure operating income on a reliable basis every single year with their subscription model. Now, of course, when you think of Amazon and subscriptions, your mind goes to Amazon Prime. That's the subscription they sell. But you can also look at another big aspect of their business, which is AWS, Amazon's web services. Although AWS isn't exactly a subscription model, it's extremely similar. AWS runs off of a model where they're selling their big infrastructure, All of the buildings that they've built that host all of the web, they're selling that infrastructure as a service. That's literally what the business model is. It's infrastructure as a service. And similar to subscriptions, they are tied into their customers. They already have their credit card numbers. They already have their payment information and they just bill them reoccurring every single month or every single year based entirely off of their usage. So Amazon has dual levels of subscription. They have the Amazon Prime subscription and then they have the infrastructure as a service through AWS. This is an evolution in the subscription model aimed at the corporate world. Now, the thing that's important to understand from the investment perspective is that service-based and subscription-based companies almost always earn a higher multiple from investors than simply one-time sales companies. The multiple I'm talking about is the price to earnings or the price to sales. Microsoft, for example, has a 33 PE on a trailing basis and a 29 Ford PE. That's a pretty high multiple. But Microsoft has always been looked at as an incredibly wide moat subscription-based company. So it always has that premium that people pay over other companies that simply don't have this type of sticky reoccurring revenue. Now, if we compare Microsoft's revenue to Apple's, Apple's has always been a little bit more jarring, a little bit more back and forth, never quite as consistent as Microsoft's because Apple has been largely based off of one-time sales of lots of different devices, the iPad and MacBook and mostly the iPhone sales. Not as much of their revenue has been based off of that reoccurring revenue, but Apple has been working almost desperately to change this. If we look at the company overall and we cut out the different forms of revenue aside from just services, the services have grown substantially on a year-over-year basis. It's growing like a startup company. This is the quarterly growth of just their services. The most recent quarter, the services were $19.51 billion. But I look at Microsoft and Apple, and I know that these two companies envy each other in different aspects. Microsoft envies Apple's position as having so much hardware with a direct connection to the consumer. They wish that they had more hardware in consumers' hands. I know that's something Microsoft wishes they had, that Apple currently has. And likewise, I know that Apple looks at Microsoft as a company and envies the fact that they have so much reoccurring subscription revenue. That's something that Apple wishes they had. So each of these companies are trying to become more like each other in two different ways. But with this blip of news, a headline that was last week and quickly faded away, it revealed Apple's big step into becoming like Microsoft. Apple is working on a brand new type of subscription. It's not SaaS. It's not software as a service. It's not infrastructure as a service like AWS or Azure. This is hardware as a service. This is the big push that Apple's going to make. They're going to turn their hardware into a service just like Netflix. Now let's go ahead and listen to this news report from the person that broke it to try to break down really what this is. Yeah, thank you for having me. This would be no different, like you said, than your monthly $10 Apple Music subscription or $15 a month Apple One Bundle subscription, right? You'd be paying for the phone on a monthly basis like you might on a car lease. Now, this is different than installment programs and carrier subsidy programs today. What Apple and the carriers allow you to do if you don't wanna buy the phone outright 
is split up the cost, whether that's $1,200, $1,400 or less for an SE and such, over 12, 18, 24, 30 months, depending on your carrier. This would be a set fee that's not the cost of the phone divided by you know how many months there are in a year or two years. So this is not simply taking the phone price and breaking it up into monthly payments. It shouldn't be viewed that way because it's not doing the same thing. You actually don't own the phone in the same way is if you just broke up the payments. Apple wants to make it so that their hardware is viewed much more like Apple Music or Spotify or Netflix. It's just in a different medium. You get a phone sent to you, you pay a monthly price every single month, and then you get the newest phone sent to you, and so on and so forth. You're paying a subscription price for an ongoing service only in the form of hardware. So they say that the service would be Apple's biggest push yet into automatic reoccurring sales, allowing users to subscribe to hardware for the first time, rather than just digital services. But the project is still in development, so this is all inside rumored information, but I have a very strong belief that these rumors are true and Apple will eventually introduce this type of hardware as a service. Now I know what you're thinking, and I'm thinking the same thing. This is awfully reminiscent of that whole, you'll own nothing and be happy quote from BlackRock. The whole idea of you actually owning nothing. That's what companies seem to want, right? When I actually think about this, I don't think it's quite as sinister. Apple is a company that sells consumer electronics. And at least for the iPhone, they have a very short shelf life of how long they're on the bleeding edge. Technology moves incredibly fast. iPhones only stay really good for three or four years until you probably want to upgrade to the latest one. So most of us, even though we own our iPhone, they are rapidly depreciating assets. They lose their value incredibly fast. After a couple years, they're only worth half or a quarter as much. And many people, even though they quote unquote own their iPhone, are constantly just junking their old iPhone, buying a new one junking their old one, buying a new one. So for that huge swath of people, this would actually come in as an easy way to just subscribe to the newest one and be ensured you're always gonna have the latest and greatest. For very frugal people, for investors, and most of you watching this show, you're probably in the category where this doesn't look like such a great deal. But you gotta look at this through the lens of the average Apple consumer. Millions of people just wanna have the latest technology, they spend all of their time on these devices, and having an easy way to do that with less friction is a win-win for both the consumer and for Apple. It'll make it so that they finally have the huge reoccurring revenue of a Microsoft-like company. And for the consumer, it creates less friction to constantly upgrading their device. In my opinion, I think there's a very good chance that Apple will push into hardware as a service, and I also think there's a very good chance they'll be widely successful at it. It will build a more reoccurring revenue stream to give Apple more consistent Microsoft-like revenue. And interestingly, Apple's PE ratio, their multiples, have climbed to almost perfectly match Microsoft's. Apple's Ford PE is at a 29, and Microsoft is at a 29. And in my opinion, this makes sense. I think that Apple should trade around the same as Microsoft. So that is Apple's master plan, and I think they have a decent chance of pulling this off. Now on a quick side note, Apple also said that they're now going to allow video, music apps, to sign up new subscribers without paying fees. So basically with apps like Netflix and Spotify, you might be able to sign up through the app if Netflix and Spotify want you to, and you won't have to pay Apple any type of fees. I think the reason that Apple's doing this is smart. They realize that these big companies like Netflix and Spotify are simply circumventing it anyway. They're not signing up through Apple, and that creates less lock-in with their ecosystem. So they're saying, you know, if more and more apps do this and circumvent the App Store, we may as well lower the fees and have them sign up through the App Store. 
because then those customers have a close connection with Apple. So even though this will hit the top line revenue for Apple a little bit, I think that overall this is a very positive thing. It looks good to consumers. It looks like Apple is doing a right step in lowering fees. And it also creates more lock-in on the Apple App Store because more and more people are going to be signing up through the App Store. Now, moving on, we have struggles that a lot of tech companies have faced recently, especially the big ones, of an exodus of talent. And it seems like a lot of them are leaving for startup companies or new ventures where they're going for lots of equity. And Meta is facing a lot of this issue, I think in part because of the stock price plummeting but also because of the rapid shift in direction for the company. They say that the top talent is quitting as the lab tries to keep pace with rivals. At least four prominent members of Meta AI have departed in recent months, according to people familiar with the matter and LinkedIn analysis. Carl Herman, an AI entrepreneur who used to work at the rival lab DeepMind, told CNBC on Monday the true figure could be more like half a dozen, adding that the company's London AI lab had seen an alarming number of exit, quote, Meta's London office just collapsed and they lost most of their top researchers in the span of six weeks. That sounds pretty grim. The whole office collapsing. In it, they ask people the reason why they think they're leaving. And it seems like just a variety of different reasons. Quote, some people jump to another big lab because they feel it will advance their career or research agenda better. That is a frequent reason that engineers leave companies for career advancement. You don't want to get too complacent with where you're working. Another one is, quote, others go because comps or hiring potential for their team is better elsewhere. The source added, quote, others just want to do startups or get involved with smaller companies. For some, it might be tied to meta stock tanking, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily the main reason. So it seems like there's a lot of different reasons. And I've heard this same thing through the grapevine. I've heard a lot of people are leaving not only meta, but other big tech companies to pursue different endeavors. And this is a risk for big tech. Talent is their most important asset and they have to find a way to retain them. Apple's chosen way of retaining them seems to be throwing $200,000 stock bonuses per year at their key engineers. That is the way that I think Apple's trying to handle this is by simply paying them an absolute fortune on top of their salary. But unless you're willing to dish out this much money, it seems like a lot of these engineers are going to be leaving to other opportunities. So it's difficult to know how much this type of news will affect the investment overall of Meta or other big tech companies. In my opinion, I wouldn't factor this type of negative news too much into an investment thesis of Meta. I don't think that a couple engineers at the company are going to make or break their effort. I think that overall, if your entire thesis is reliant on 12 or 15 engineers, that's probably a bigger concern with a company like Meta. They have tens of thousands of employees and they should be able to work past this. Now, moving on, we have some actual positive news about the economy. This is something that we don't hear all that often. The March jobs report is out and it shows extremely strong hiring momentum. This is more than just a brisk pace. I think that they're actually understating how rapid this job growth has been. Because look at this. They say employers added 431,000 jobs in March. Another 400,000 plus jobs in March. And employment in January and February combined was 95,000 higher than previously reported. The report marked the 11th straight month of job gains above 400,000. 11 months in a row. That's the longest stretch of growth in records dating back to 1939. The unemployment rate fell to 3.6%. That is quickly approaching the February 2020 pre-pandemic rate of 3.5%, a 50-year low. Now, the employer participation rate hasn't fully recovered 
that's recovering very rapidly as well. So everything in terms of employment is moving rapidly back to normalized levels, back into a good direction. And again, I think this is happening incredibly fast. Look at this graphic here as an example. This shows basically every time there's been huge job loss in the US's history, and it shows it with different colored lines. 2020 was the red line. So you can see that this was essentially the worst job loss we've ever had by far, the highest levels of unemployment at an incredibly fast pace. But look how fast the recovery's been. Compare that against 2007. In 2007, it took years and years and years to get back to the amount of jobs that we had prior to the recession. And you can see the trend in 2020. What used to take years is now taking months. And it looks like in just a couple months, we might be back to where we were pre-pandemic level. I think that's pretty incredible. So I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture about the economy. There's certainly a ton of challenges we're facing with inflation and rising interest rates, but the jobs gains have been a bright spot. Looking at the unemployment rate, it illustrates this in a different way. You can see the massive spike in 2020 as many people were prevented from working and all of that quickly returning. We're almost back down to the exact unemployment rate that we were prior to the pandemic. In my opinion, I think it's a very positive thing that people are going back to work. So that's all for now. If you want to get an updated link of my portfolio, there's one in the description of this video. And also, if you want to try out the Patreon, you can try it out today with a free trial for this month, and you'll be able to see if you like it and you want to stick around. There's also a link in the description for that. Other than that, I'll see you in the next episode.